Hi there. Happy Monday, everybody. I'm your host, Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. Hope nobody's in a funk this Monday morning. Uh, Before we kick off the show with special guests, Abra Lieberman-Garrett, author of Maccabi on the Mantle, I just want to tell you we're right in the middle of our fall 2014 KUCI Fun Drive. And uh, we have some awesome things we are going to offer you this year. Actually, if you pledge $100, you could actually sit in on a show. So you could sit on this this show, uh, Sheldon Abbott show, which follows mine, any show really. And we'd also give you a t-shirt, I believe. Uh, and we have our 45th anniversary t-shirts, which are pretty cool. What else do we have? We got uh, some uh, cool tote bags with our logos. And for uh, lesser donations, we have... Uh, t-shirts, CDs. We have a whole slew of awesome premiums. So we would love to hear from you. This is how we keep things going here at the station. We are all a team of volunteers. I know I've been here since 2007. Kind of hard to believe, actually. And uh, we love what we do. We actually wear a lot of hats here. We're hosts, producers, engineers. We do it all here, and we love what we do. And with your support, we can continue to do this for another 45-plus years. So let me give you the number, 949-824-5824. All right, now I'm going to bring my first guest on the line, Abra Lieberman-Garrett. Good morning, Abra. Oh, Abra. (laughs) Abra, sorry. That's okay. And you know what? And you told me that, too, so I I messed that up right away. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) You are not the first. It's a hard name. It's a beautiful name, actually. Thank you. I heard about you, and tell me about your the business that you started and then how you got into that. So the company itself is called Toy Vey. The product we developed, me and my partners, is called Maccabee on the Mantle. Wait, excuse and me. Did you say Toy Vey? Yes, That's like Oy so, Vey. That is so <laughs> funny. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. One of my partners, who is a professional comedian, came up with that name, so yeah. it's it's great. So funny. Um, Go ahead. And um, it was very much probably what you would extrapolate that led us to the invention of this this project. So Maccabee on the Mantle is the Hanukkah soldier, mm-hmm. the Maccabee, mm-hmm. and he can be hidden around the house for the children to find in the morning and get into whatever antics and shenanigans people want to devise for him he's not um he's not magical some people have told me he turned magical at their house but (laughs) it's more just a it's more just a concept that kind of came about when um my son graduated from his temple preschool into a secular school a Mm -hmm. public school and we went from having this very i guess insular kind of existence where the high holidays were off and we yeah. did Chubashvat and all this kind of stuff to mm-hmm. sort of a whole broader world that he had to sort of navigate and figure out his place in. Yes. And then serendipitously, his best friend is half Jewish as okay. well. And um, the father, Dave Wilk, who is part of Four Day Weekend, the comedy troupe, he ended up on a very similar trajectory. So it it all kind of started at a at a cocktail party, but there was a lot leading up to it prior to that, just sort of as we meshed into this new world. Let, let me back up a second. Were you were you at some point in a career funk? I mean, how did this all come about? What were you doing before all this? That's an interesting question. So I think I was in a funk. However, I was probably at the time more likely to describe it as a crossroads. Right. I was basically a stay-at-home mom 
but I was teaching 12 hours a week at my kids' preschool, the Temple Preschool, which I loved. And the kids were in five days a week. I had two days to myself, and then I'd go, and I'd work at the school with the three-year-olds. And it was wonderful. When my son graduated, I guess you'd say, Mm -hmm. and started kindergarten, and my daughter was very close to wrapping up because they're only two years apart, I sort of had, I guess, an identity crisis. I I was having to look at how I had defined myself for the last several years, being a mom, Mm -hmm. being a very part-time teacher, and then deal with the shift. It was this big paradigm shift. So they're going into school full-time. I have all this time. My career is way back behind me because prior to having the kids and working as a teacher, I had been in public relations. That was my next question. Go ahead. Oh, (laughs) well, (laughs) it was funny because I lived in Austin, and I did PR at Whole Foods and at Dell Computer. Um, And when I left, we were still typing up our press releases and faxing them. Mm. So fast forward, and everything is, Email, email and Twitter and Facebook, and I am so disconnected. Oh, no. <laughs> and I didn't really want to go back into it either. Mm-hmm. I wanted something creative, and I wanted something for me because it was a point at which I had to graduate to that next step of separating myself from my kids a little bit. Sure. But I didn't know where to go. So, But the thing is, we when you ask if I was in a funk, I think I was so singularly focused on sort of how my kids were feeling that Mm -hmm. I wasn't stopping and asking myself, how do I feel right now? Well, that's an important thing. Who am I? What do I want? What are my needs? Exactly. Exactly. And by definition, if you're not self-aware, you don't know it, right? Right. So I was sitting there all the time sort of picking up my emotions off my kids and not really aware of that. And then when they went to school and I had time and I had opportunity to sort of explore is when I started to evaluate. That's a really big turning point. It's something we all need to do as mothers. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Because it definitely can cause you to land into a huge funk, a huge crater, actually. Absolutely. And I will say, I unapologetically, I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And I right. think moms who work are amazing and awesome. I have... I I think they are all great paths as long as you choose what's right for you. It was what I always wanted when I was little. But what I had never gotten past was what happens when the kids aren't home Mm -hmm. anymore. Right. What about me? What what do I do now? Exactly. So who am I? So how long did it take you to kind of figure out who you were and what you wanted? Oh, I'm still working on that. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't we all? Okay, I admit it too. (laughs) I, um... The, the project was a real spur, uh, spurred me into action, I should say, in terms of taking those next steps. I was in a position to sort of take a creative risk, I guess, because mm-hmm. I had been out of the workforce and we had organized our life in such a way that we would be able to get by and everything. So I felt like, if not now, then never, plus The concept, I felt like, was a very obvious idea that someone was going to have. I just didn't know how to implement it, which is where my partners, the four-day weekend guys, which is where they came in because 
they've written a book. They knew how to implement it. That's perfect. They knew how to take next steps and everything. And and the next step was finding an agent. And we found an agent right away. Oh, you're lucky. Wonderful guy. Well, we were lucky, except that it didn't work out the way I had envisioned when we found the agent, I was like, I can't believe how easy this is. People (laughs) say it's so hard. And then there were compromises I was going to have to make creatively and different things that came up that we just were like, Oh, this isn't exactly going to be what we had envisioned. Maybe we need to deviate and um, try to do this ourselves. So then we started exploring those options and brought some other people in to help. I would I would basically say that creating this project has been the biggest roller coaster outside of parenthood that I've ever been on. Right. That's what happens, you know. I mean, you invest all this time and energy. We get very creative by the way as as mothers, as parents. Yes. And yes. you have to put it into something, and then it becomes this crazy thing, and you're like, do I stay on the ride? Do I get off the ride? You know? Exactly. That is so true. And if I hadn't, as you put it, been on the ride with partners, mm-hmm. there were probably a few points at which I would have tapped out Yes. because it was so challenging and so unprecedented and so out of my comfort zone. Now I'm at a point where I recognize that going way out of my comfort zone serves me very well. And I need that. Yes. But a couple years back, because we've been doing this for years, a couple years back, all I knew was that I felt like cortisol was just coursing through my body constantly. Oh, no. (laughs) I can relate to that. You can relate. Oh, yeah. You've taken risks, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you, I want to back up a second to this comedy troupe. Were you taking improv? How did you meet these friends of yours at Four Day Weekend? Well, this is kind of a funny story. My husband was working at Dell, and he went to Austin for a meeting, and he called me right after the meeting, which he never calls me from the road, and he's telling me how he just saw the most amazing comedy troupe. They're in Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. When he gets back to Dallas, we need to go. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, it fell out of both our heads as things are wont to do. (laughs) Fast forward about a year, and my son is starting kindergarten. And a couple mutual friends were telling us we have parents who have a son, Jackson, my son's age, named Cooper. You need to meet them. You need to meet them. And it still fell by the wayside. Well, the first kindergarten play date, my husband looks at this other dad and he goes, are you in a comedy troupe called Four Day Weekend? (laughs) And the dad, Mm -hmm. Dave Wilk, said yes. So the boys became best friends. It's great. The whole family melded, and we subsequently discovered that Dave was raised Jewish, married outside the faith, as did I, Mm -hmm. and has been navigating, implementing the Judaism, making it part of the home, really, and his wife is super supportive. She's into it, but we just, we subsequently realized that, so when we were I guess fast forward just a couple years at a Christmas party, sort of kibitzing about Elf on the Shelf and all this kind of stuff. We were both like, oh, duh. So I I guess very serendipitously, our paths crossed as friends, and then it evolved into a business relationship, which has been wonderful. And let me just interject. I saw that really cute YouTube clip on your website. Oh, good. Oh, could you throw out your website? 
www.maccabeonthemantle.com, and it's M-A-N-T-E-L. And tell me, who's the guy in the mantle? <laughs> because That's Dave. That's, that's Dave. Dave. I thought so. I thought so. That's the comedian, yes. Really, really cute. <laughs> and another one of his four-day partners, Frank Ford, joined us, and they're both, I know you've done improv, so mm-hmm. they're both, I mean, total yes and. Yes. They never, ever hear a bad idea. They only take whatever is thrown at them and make it better. That is actually the, the name of their fo- first book, The Art of Improvise Zen, like Zen. I'm so Zen because the whole concept is just adding that yes and. So it was such a safe space to work in because I knew nothing I said was going to be shot down. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Have you ever taken improv? I have not. I've taken acting classes. It's very. But I've never taken. It's very freeing. I don't mean to interrupt. It's very freeing. It's. I highly suggest it because uh, there's something about about it where. Um, you know, I think as a mom, you become kind of silly and goofy. You should allow yes. yourself to become silly and goofy. And you, you become more childlike. I mean, a lot of times you sing and you're not, you wouldn't sing in front of other people, but you might sing in front of your kids. And there's something very freeing about going into a group that's very accepting and open and just saying whatever's on the top of your head and, and acting uh, to that moment and not, not re- overthinking and saying, oh, I can't do that idea. Just going with your first thought. I love that idea, Janine. I should talk to them. My partners actually run improv classes, so I, I clearly have it accessible. And that would be nice, just a liberating hour a week where I could be it's so, as ridiculous as I wanted. Exactly. <laughs> it's so liberating. It is unbelievable. I mean, they'll just throw out a word, and you have to, you might be up there with a with one other person and come up with a scene, and you can't even believe what's what's going to happen. You can't even plan anything. It's great. Oh, I love that. I've been to their show many, many times, which is all improvised. Mm -hmm. And it's unbelievable the creative resources you can pull out of the back of your head when you have to be that quick. Exactly. Exactly. And there's, you know, you just, you can't uh, be critical in your own mind at that moment. You just have to be very open with your thinking. And isn't that what we, especially moms, need so much to free ourselves from our propensity to self-criticize? Well, absolutely. And let's be honest. Aren't we constantly improvising? I mean, you're on a, you're on a plane and your, your kid, you know, has a poopy diaper and there's a line at the bathroom and what are you going to do? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like I am much more able to think off the top of my head now mm-hmm. than I used to be. I used to have everything planned out and it was very rote and... Now I am so capable of winging it, and I absolutely have my kids to thank for that. That's great. That's great. (laughs) How are things now with how this all came about, and where would you like to see this go? Well, that's a good question. So based on the way things all came about, we are in a really good place. We've got the book out. We're on Amazon. We're in Hallmark. We're in a bunch of toy stores it's available on our website so in terms of that and we love the product things are going really well we um we agree that this was not going to be just a a kind of solution we throw together to have an alternative for jewish children Mm -hmm. i was teaching in a temple preschool dave is jewish i said let's teach the story of hanukkah let's make it pertinent let's make it relevant Safe for little kids, of course, because that's scary stuff, but what an incredible opportunity. So I worked with the amazing rabbis at my temple, Mm -hmm. and they 
proofread and they went through the illustrations with a fine tooth comb and there's a Hebrew section in the back, which I would not even pretend I was capable of putting together without <laughs> them. And, um, and it was very wonderful to have that, that support along the way. So the book in itself, have you seen it? I have not. I wish I could. Though. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll send it to you. I'll send oh, it to you. Thank you. The book in itself, the part where they're discussing the story of Hanukkah, we really tap into King Antiochus telling the Jews they couldn't worship the way they wanted, and the Jews needing to have the faith and the strength to say, no, we're not going to accept that, which taps into this bigger sort of bullying standing up for yourself, which is such a buzzword on everybody's mind, particularly parents like us. And I felt like it was such an incredible opportunity to just sort of speak to that. You don't, you, you can, you can say no, you can say that's not okay. So it's been amazing to read it. I go and read it to preschools all the time. That's great. Uh, Dave comes dressed as a Maccabee and he's the big hit, of course. (laughs) And, um, and the kids get it. So then the, I guess, natural progression, the next projects would be tapping into other things that resonate with children but empower them to feel safe in this big, bad world, making choices that serve them and are good for everybody. And I'm not, we're not necessarily pigeonholed into just doing Jewish projects, mm-hmm. although there are a couple things uh, to the Shabbat, as I mentioned, environmentally minded things that I think will speak to everybody, but could could come from that seed. Uh, well, it's funny you mentioned Tu B'Shvat. Can you just tell the listeners, if they're not familiar, what that is, and then I'm going to share my story? Yes. Uh, it's basically, it's, it's, a, it's a celebration of the earth, honoring the trees, honoring uh, Tukhan Olam, take care of the earth. Mm-hmm. I had a rabbi at Temple, Rabbi Adam Allenberg, who was the uh, amazing, amazing young man, like best thing ever, who said during one of our preschool orientations, he said Jews were really the original environmentalists. And ah, everything like that. that we practice comes from a space of respecting the earth. Well, that's more important than ever right now. Yes. And so to have that as a holiday, like a holy day that these little children implement into their mentality is so incredible to me. What I was going to share, so by the way, thank you for, for explaining that, um, because sure. I don't think I could explain it as well as you did. <laughs> I, when, when my uh, daughters were younger and they went to the JCC here in Orange County, they would either give them plants and they would go plant them. And my younger one was adorable. You could see a picture of her crying. I don't want to give my plant up. <laughs> she was on a plant. But my older one, um, I went out and bought a tree. And I'm from the East Coast and I bought a liquid amber tree, which for those of don't, who don't know, it looks like the fall colors in the on the East Coast. So it, it turns orange Aww. and red and it's gorgeous. So I bought this tree. It was only like... I don't know, three, four feet tall. Now it is a monstrous tree in our front yard, oh. and all because of Tu B'Shvat. I love that. Yeah, and so doing oh. something meaningful that they will actually grow with. We joke that now the tree is, you know, four times the height of my daughter, but that's what happens. <laughs> you, will, you will grow that memory, and they'll never forget where that tree came from. Oh, I love that. that see, and that is so much just having something you can you can call up on later. You can think about when you're sad. She has this tree that 
is yes. part of the family. That's that's what I wanted. It was never it was never this glittery or make a bunch of money or anything like that. I was like, mm. what about creating things that my kids when they're my age look back out and go, Oh, that was special. Yes. That meant a lot. Sure. And all the kids that you go out and you read that book to, they're never going to forget it. Oh, thank you. I hope not. No, they're not. Because, plus, we're visual. I mean, most people are visual. They love to see something interactive and something engaging. And that's how we learn about history. I think more, more history classes should be like that. I completely agree. And that's why I think art history is such an incredible opportunity. And I love all the movements to keep art so deep in our school. We were so cognizant as we developed the illustrations. We had an amazing illustrator that we wanted to use a certain palette. We wanted it to be watercolors and dreamlike and soft because there were pictures of the war, quote unquote, pictures of the war, not really, but it needed to be something the kids could look at and it would be abstract enough they didn't feel like they were in it and I didn't want these bright blinding colors that had them amped up I just wanted something that allowed them to visually process it inside a safe space right I love what you uh, added to your bio, which, by the way, is on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Hanukkah is a a really cool holiday. The story is about facing insurmountable odds and fighting for your rights and believing in yourself. Thank you. That's, you know, wonderfully put. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? I, um, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. I love telling people the background for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. I feel like this story has resonated not just with Jewish moms, but with moms who are saying, I want to create something for my kids. I want to have this opportunity to go into a broader space and and form a legacy, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I've been so fortunate that I have had partners who facilitated that for me because as I said I I might have tapped out otherwise but if you if you connect to that and you commit to that and you keep soldiering on and kind of laugh at the failings it's available to everybody that's great I want to thank you so much for calling into the show throw out your website one more time www.maccabee which is m as in mary a c c a B-E-E, Maccabee, on the mantle, M-A-N-T-E-L, dot com. Great. Thank you so much for calling into the show, and I'll send you a link shortly thereafter. Well, thank you, Janine. I appreciate your time. It was so, so nice speaking with you. You too. Be well. Okay, that's a wrap for the first half of the show. Uh, We were talking uh, with Abra Lieberman-Garrett, who's calling in. She's the author of uh, Maccabee on the Mantle. If you've missed any part of today's show, it'll be up on the show blog uh, within an hour after I wrap. We're going to take a quick break. I do want to mention our fall fund drive is underway. And uh, if you call up and make a basic pledge for $35, we can give you a very cool KUCI t-shirt or a tote bag or a CD or a gift certificate. We also have $45 pledges for our KUCI anniversary. Yes, it's been 45 years we've been running the station. And uh, let's see, for that, we would give you an anniversary T-shirt and one KUCI 45th anniversary tote bag. And we have many other items and pledge amounts and things like that. And as I mentioned earlier, if you wanted a chance to be on one of the shows, 
that's available as well. All right, let's see. Uh, we, we have, I know Sheldon's out there standing by to take calls. So here's the number, 949-824-5824. Uh, this is how we keep the station running. We're all a team of volunteers. We have an amazing schedule of music shows and public affairs shows. And we do this because we love this station. And with, with your support, we can keep doing what we do and bring you the great programming we have to offer. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, the number again to call is 949-824-5824. 